Let's go. Welcome to the Loans on Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We, we, we give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans on Demand podcast. I hope you're ready for the Loans on Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today, man, we got a special guest. We have Colin Mitchell. He's a four-time founder, passionate about sales, entrepreneurship, podcasting. Uh, And Colin is a co-founder of SalesCast and the host of Sales Transformation. Colin lives in Los Angeles with his beautiful wife, four kids, new puppy. And there's some other things on here, but I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce yourself. What's going on, man? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to have some fun. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so tell us a little about your story, your background, kind of what got you to where you are today, because I'm a sucker for the come up story. So I always like to kind of touch a little bit on, you know, what it looks like to, to go from, you know, where you start to, to being a successful, you know, business owner. Uh, and so I like to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. How far back you want me to go here? I mean, you know, it's, you don't got to go to your birth or childhood. I mean, it's up to you, man. Wherever, wherever <laughs> it was you want to sunny day in 1987. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'll give you the I'll give you the short version. Um, sure. I was um, I grew up, you know, poor, raised by a single mom, three brothers. I mean, she had to work to keep food on the table. We came up short and couldn't pay the rent sometimes. You know, not quite homeless, but like close, you know? Sure. Um, and it was tough growing up as a kid. Like, you know, I remember being in middle school, uh, being, you know, super embarrassed to be at the grocery store, hoping like nobody from school would see that like we paid for our food, with, not with money, but food stamps. Sure. Um, and, you know, my dad, it was not around to help out, but, you know, my mom did the best that she could. Uh, and it, it was tough, you know, and, and, and I had to experience a lot of things as a young kid that, that most people never should have to, like, I see my mom get shot, like all these things. Whoa. I got lots of stories. Um, that's not what we're here to talk about today, but it's part yeah. of like what has built me into the person I am. I used to be ashamed of a lot of that stuff. Um, I used to be uncomfortable talking about a lot of that stuff. Um, but I truly believe that like those have given me you know, the motivation and like the grit and like tenacity and, you know, ability to accomplish things where most people would give up. I didn't go to college. I frankly barely made it through high school. Um, and nobody was even really telling me that school was important. So, you know, sure. and, uh, and I just didn't want to, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I didn't want to live that way. Like I didn't want to be living check to check. I didn't want to be getting kicked out of the place that I was living at because we couldn't afford the rent. Like I didn't want to live like that. And so when I got my first sales job, I knew it was my way out. Like I could see the type of cars that were parked in the parking lot and uh, the way these people carried themselves. And uh, I knew if I put in the hard work, like it would pay off. And so I worked my way up to the top of that company really quickly. I didn't spend a ton of time there because they told me that I was going to be able to lead a team. I thought I was ready to lead a team. They kept telling me I was going to get to lead a team um, and it never happened. So I left and took a VP of sales uh, position at another company where I learned a ton, drove millions of dollars in revenue, um, and then eventually left there to start my first company with my wife in 2010. Nice. Love that, man. And I know you've uh, grown a couple different companies uh, since then. So tell us uh, kind of what what it kind of takes to, to go from... I mean, because obviously starting a business is 
you know, it sounds cool, especially these days, right? With with the Gary V's of the world talking about entrepreneurship and all that kind of stuff. But obviously, you know, I know loan officers here listening to this probably, you know, got into the business thinking it's easy money a lot of times. And and you know, the truth is it's not, right? I mean, it takes the grind, it takes takes work. So so just kind of walk us through just a brief, you know, a, a sort of synopsis of what it's taken to kind of get to where you are, you know, from starting that business to to here in. Yeah. I mean. Yes, a lot of hard work, a lot of falling on your face, a lot of making mm-hmm. mistakes and learning from them. I'm a pretty stubborn dude. So like, even if you told me like, hey, you shouldn't go left, you shouldn't go left. Um, sometimes I'm just going to go left and then like, let it, you know, not work out. And then be like, oh man, I should have went right. <laughs> right, know? right. Um, I feel that. So it's, you know, sometimes the, the best way to learn is just by experience. And so, yes, a lot of hard work, but Something I learned eventually was like, okay, hard work was hard work is only going to take you so far. Like, right. you know, um, and it entrepreneurship does not have to be like this constant hustle grind, like, you know, 16, 18, 20 hour days, whatever, right. which a lot of people tell you that it is. And a lot of people get caught up in like, that's what it has to be. And like, I literally don't work more than eight hours a day, any day. And I never work on the weekends. And it's been that way for a long time. And I actually get more done, right? So if you can learn how to take care of yourself, then you will do better work when you're in your professional role. If you're, you know, selling or a loan officer or whatever, if you have your own business, right? Like if you learn how to take care of yourself better, you'll show up better and be more productive, be more efficient, get more done and do your best work. I 100% agree. I think there's so many times that people talk about the grind, they glorify the grind, they talk about their 16 hour days, like as if that's really, you know, what's going to happen. But then a lot of times these people end up divorced, they end up, uh, you know, burnt out, they end up, you know, all kinds of different things that like, really, is that really what you wanted? Um, And I think like, yeah, maybe they see that financial success, maybe they see the growth of their business. But I agree, man, I work, you know, four and a half days a week, typically Fridays, I usually you head home around one, two o'clock and just, hey, you know what, like, hang out with my family and, uh, you know, I work eight hours a day, probably sometimes, you know, depending on the day, um, you know, some days I work a little bit longer, but other days I work a little bit less. So, you know, kind of all evens out. Uh, and I go disc golfing almost every single day now, because I, I realized that, you know, taking care of my mind was so much more important than getting to the office, like eight o'clock in the morning to start grinding it out. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love everything you say there, man. Yeah. And, and I learned that, you know, through experience, you know, in the beginning, I mean, in the beginning, you got to roll your sleeves up. You got to right. put some work in. Like Agreed. if you're just getting started as a loan officer, you're just getting started in a new role um, or a promotion or uh, maybe a new company, like you got to put some hard work in. Right. Yep. Um, but it doesn't have to be, you know, just grinding it out and putting the, R- the hours in and like burning the midnight oil. Right. Like it doesn't have to be that you can be smarter. Um, if you take care of yourself, you know, like eating healthy, exercising, getting good sleep, like all those things are more important than like putting more hours in because it's going to result in being more productive and actually crushing it in your professional role. Yeah, man. I love, I love that, man. I I think that's huge because again, I mean, especially in this mortgage industry or even entrepreneurs in general, they have this, again, they glorify the grind, they glorify the long hours. They say I'm available on weekends. They, you know, I, I'll, I'll do a pre-approval at nine o'clock, things like that. And, and, you know, well, that's great. I guess if that's what you want to do, I mean, if you want to, if you want to be Gary V and that's what makes you happy, fine. Um, but you know, if, if you're doing that, cause you think that's what it's going to take to be successful, then, you know, understand that there's a different way and there's a different path. And also like, you know, what is it that you actually want out of life? I think so many times people forget to, 
uh, define what they want out of life. And instead they say, well, you know what? I got all this work, so I got to keep doing it. And it's like, well, like, what do you actually want? Like, do you want a bigger business or do you want more work? Like, what, what is it that you actually want? And I think people forget to slow down uh, and really define that, um, you know? And, and so that's, I don't know, I think it's huge. And I love that conversation. Um, yeah. let's kind of like pivot a little bit into, you know, kind of your area of expertise. I know you have a, a lot of things that you're, you're really good at sales in general. Uh, so, so tell us a little bit about kind of that side of things, right? Like what, what would you say is kind of your, your superpower? Oh man, sales for sure. So we built that first business from zero to 5 million in annual revenue in 26 months, hundred wow. percent field by sales, outbound sales specifically. Um, we found a couple of niches that we worked extremely well. And then we recruited and trained, you know, top talent, top sales talent. And that was our strategy. And, uh, and that's always been, you know, just part of how I scale businesses. Um, so drew that from zero to five in 26 months, um, started another company, grew that from zero to 6,000 customers on the platform in a little over two years again, and then just recently exited that company. Um, and then now scaling SalesCast right now. Um, totally it. bootstrapped. We're growing by 30 to 40% every month, completely profitable some for since day one. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, I, I I've tried to get fancy with marketing and stuff like that. And marketing is definitely important. Um, but sellers actually got a little bit be mark, you know, sellers today need to be savvy in marketing as well. Like just having sure. sales skills, um, is not enough. And what do I mean by that is like, you know, you need to know how to create content, original content, you know, if right. you're a loan officer and, you know, you think just, you know, emails and phone is going to cut it today. Like it's not like you need to create content. You need to be active on the social channels that the people you need to build relationships that it can put money in your pocket are hanging out on. You know, you need to be getting it out there, maybe getting on podcasts, guesting on podcasts, maybe having a podcast, um, you know, writing. Uh, there's all these things that sellers need to do now that they didn't used to have to do uh, before. And that's what's going to separate you in the pack against the other people in your space. Yeah, I love that. Let's touch on kind of like your your first um, points there, which was outbound sales, right? Like, I mean, I know this is kind of flipping the status quo on real estate agents and, and kind of you know doing things that are a little bit different. But I, I do think, especially for people that are newer that are maybe listening to this podcast, like what what is your sort of tips for people? And I know probably one of the biggest things that people just like, what do they say? How you know how many times do they reach yeah. out? Like, what is what does that sort of process look like when you are maybe going to do some cold calling? Because I, I agree, I think most. Uh, companies uh, that have grown started with some sort of an outbound sales team. You know, inbound sales is great, right? But uh, you know, it costs money, right? So, like the 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 cheapest probably way you can do is, you know, cold cold calling, cold emailing, cold outreach. Uh, you know, and, and I just just kind of touch on that a little bit for for people that are maybe starting out uh, in the business, and then we can kind of go into some of those more you know complex marketing structures. And I agree. I think uh, you know from a from a modern perspective, you got to be good at marketing, copywriting. Uh, you know, putting out content, doing videos, things like that. But we'll get that to that in a second. So yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, from an outbound, you know, strategy, um, outbound is not just phone, right? So phone right. is one, it's the most powerful tool, I believe that you can use for outbound. Most people don't know how to use it, like literally. Right. Yeah, they think, you know, it's not as simple as like buying a list and calling the list. It seems simple, but you need to have a little bit of strategy in that. Like the right. biggest problem that most people have when they cold call and then they're like, man, I hate cold calling or cold calling sucks 
or cold calling doesn't work or cold calling is dead, right? Like I've heard it all, right? right? Is because they're not doing it right. And it all starts with the list. Like most lists that you buy, or even if you use a lot of these tools that are available, a large majority of the data is not good because sure. people are leaving, people are moving uh, at such a fast pace, like the technology and the list just can't keep up. Um, so there's a certain percentage of that data that's not going to be good. So like part of it is just cleaning up the list and knowing Mm -hmm. like, Hey, if I'm starting with a fresh list, you're either going to pay somebody to clean that list up, like validate that list, uh, or you're going to have to do it yourself. And that means like, Hey, who are the people on the list that actually pick up the phone? Who are the people that are actually still here? Uh, you know, at this place at this, you know, or still uses this number, um, all of those things. So cleaning up the list is like step one. So you either do it yourself or you pay somebody to do it. Um, and then the second piece is, you know, uh, technology, like the technology is important, right? So, I mean, right. if you're going to like, think that you're going to build a bunch of pipeline by just doing a bunch of cold calling on your cell phone, like, forget it. I mean, right. that is right. going to be horrible. You are going to hate it. Um, so there's lots of technology out there. That's not super expensive that you can use a power dialer, I get really fancy. I'm fortunate enough to have a fabulous tech stack when we cold call. Um, we use a parallel dialer. So basically what's happening there is anytime we load a list up, there's eight human beings on the front end dialing and making those calls, getting through gatekeepers and phone trees and not having to deal with voicemails. And then we only get a beep in our ear when our decision maker that we want to talk to is on the phone and has said hello and picked up. So nice, that's nice. really fancy. Almost- if you got the, If you got the budget to do something like that, it's well worth it. Um, nice, nice. So you just have like basically have some sort of like a, a cold caller on the front end that gets through, and then as a salesperson, you you get to just take the uh, the live the, I guess live transfers is kind of what you would call it here in the in the market in the mortgage space. Yeah, right. similar similar to that, and basically the results are phenomenal. Like if you sit sure. on the phone for an hour, you're going to have twenty five or thirty conversations. Most yeah, people awesome. don't have twenty five or thirty conversations in a week, right? Um, and you can have twenty five or thirty conversations in 60 minutes. So insane. Yeah. And so, um, that's first part, the list, you know, the technology, let's say you don't have budget for something like that because it's expensive, um, but it's well worth it if you have it. And like, if you're trying to, you know, if you've got some money to grow or you've got something to invest, that's a great place to do it. You can use more of just a power dollar, you know, something that at least loads your list in you're clicking once and it's just calling your records one after another, one after another, one after another, that's going to make the you know amount of conversations you have increase significantly from like doing it manually, um, doing it from your cell phone, which I highly don't recommend. Um, how do you track that? And then, yeah. And then if we get more into like, what do you say on the phone? Well, it's different. Everybody wants to know like, Oh, what's the perfect script? Like, just give me the perfect script. Right. And here's the problem. The perfect script doesn't exist. The perfect script is the script that you feel most confident in. And that might be different for you than it is for me. Now you should follow like a bit of a framework but right. these should be words on this script. There should be things that you would naturally say or feel confident saying because what you say matters, um, but how you say it matters so much more. Yeah, yeah, I agreed. I agreed. As far as the so just to kind of go back to the dialers, um, are you using something like a, like a circle dialer, or are you just kind of using one by one um, when you're doing that? Just again, that's just ta- total tactical question. Just to you know, uh, you mean like like a power dialer? Yeah, if you're doing power dial, do you do like multi-line or is it just like one single line at a time? Because I know, you know, in the real estate world, a lot of guys are doing like circle dialing where they have, you know, four to six or eight people that they're dialing at one time. And, 
you know, if one person picks up, it just drops all the other calls. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, a parallel dialer has multiple calling on your behalf and then serves you those conversations, right? So that's a parallel dialer. And then a power dialer would be more like you build a list. It's just you on the phone dialing one record after another, after another, after another. So it really depends on your budget, um, Mm -hmm. which route is the best fit for you. I would say the, the parallel dialer where you have multiple people dialing on your behalf, figure out your process a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure you have a process, a script, a strategy, right. you know who you need to be calling and that's working. And then you can add some gasoline to it because it can Love be it. very expensive um, right. and it's well worth it. A lot of times with that, what, what those are for like really busy people who's like, I need to make cold calls, but I got all these other things that I need to do. And sure. if you can do a day's worth of cold calling in one hour, then it's very much worth it. Yeah, um, and then the other use case is like, let's say you have a team of people that call for you. Maybe you have a team of cold callers, you have telemarketers, appointment setters, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. um, that do this work for you. And it's working. And you're like, let's hire two or three more people. Well, instead of hiring two more or three people, you can take these already successful people that are already trained, already crushing it, and give them a piece of technology to make them eight to 10 times more productive. Sure. And you don't have to hire another person. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool, man. I love I love that. Uh, for, uh let's let's kind of go back. Sorry, I, I you said a couple of things, so I just wanted to kind of touch back on that. So, um, as far as frameworks go, I, I'm I, I'm a huge fan of that too. I think there's um, I think there's somewhat of a negative connotation with scripts. People are res- it's funny because you know we got on one side you got people that want the perfect script. On the other hand, you got people that are like I don't use scripts. Scripts, you know. But I, I I truly believe that scripts are really what you said is a framework, right? Is you want the certain points to hit because if you don't have a process especially if you're trying to scale, if you don't have a replicatable process, it's impossible to, to grow. Um, you know, and yep. I think so many times, you know, especially loan officers are like, well, how do I, how do I train on this? Well, you don't have a process. You just are naturally good at it, but like you can't train really, you know, natural sales or, or experience uh, without having sort of a process. So talk a little bit about that. man. Yeah. So I'm a big believer of at least starting with a script, right? And then once you become mm-hmm. confident in that, you know, maybe you iterate and make it a bit of your own. Also, you need to, let's say you're just getting started with cold calling, or maybe you've been cold mm-hmm. calling a while and it's not really working. You can't, you don't know what's broken if there's no consistency in what you're doing. Right. So you need to understand like, are people hanging up in the opener? right? Or are people hanging up when you start pitching? Where are you getting pushback? Where are you getting friction, right? And you're not even going to know that through just making calls, but you're going to learn that through reviewing calls. So however you're making calls, again, hopefully it's not from your cell phone. (laughs) Um, You should be recording these calls um, and obviously like staying compliant, right? But um, so that you can review those to see where you can improve, where, you know, there's friction. When you cold call somebody, they're immediately irritated. They want to know who is this? Why are you calling? Right. 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 And so you've got to get them out of that zone of resistance. And if it's not happening in the opener or it's not happening in, in, in the actual pitch, um, then you know those are the things that need to tweak. Maybe you need to say something different. Maybe you need to rearrange the words. Maybe you need to work mm-hmm. on your tone. Um, so there's an iteration of like learning through cold calling until you get a process that's working. 
Yeah, love that. I think there's, I think that that's that's huge too. And I mean, I think it applies to all of business, right? It's talking about basically talking about bottlenecks, right? Like, where's the bottleneck in your process? If you don't have a process, you can't you can't find your constraints or your bottlenecks. So, having a process across all your business, you know, is is super important. But in in this case, we're talking scripting. Uh, so when it comes to that, like you're saying, you know, your call reviewing, how often are you doing that? Uh, regularly. So, you know, and, and here's here's where. So most people go into a cold calling block with the intention of setting meetings. Like, here we go. Yep. I'm going to book some meetings. That's the wrong way to do it. And yes, we need to book meetings. But when you go into it with that intention, you're going to get let down every time. So if you go into it with the intention of like, I'm going to have some conversations, then it, it sets you up to have a much better mindset going into that to not have this expectation to get let down. Um, so I always like to say, look, if you're not having fun making cold calls, you're not doing it right. Okay. Like what's the worst thing? Like, I don't understand. I mean, call reluctance and people being scared to pick up the phone or not making it a priority mm-hmm. is a huge problem in a lot of organizations and with a lot of people that are responsible for driving pipeline. And the thing is, is like, what's the worst that can happen? Somebody's going to hang up on you. So right. what? So what? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not a big, that's not a big deal. And most people get even a little bit confused of, uh, in the area of like people not being interested, like me calling you, uh, Luke, and like you cutting me off before I get to say anything. And you say, I'm not interested. That doesn't mean you're not interested. That means you don't want to talk to me right now or I interrupted right, you right. or it was maybe a bad time. Maybe, you know, you got a sick kid. Maybe something is going on. You didn't even hear what I have to say. You're not legitimately not interested. Right. Um, you know, I need to call brush you back at a different time. Yeah. It's a brush off objection. And it's something it's funny because it's something we we teach our people too. Like, well, what are you what are you not interested in? Well, in, in our case, we're, you know, a lot of our people are, are not even cold calling, they're calling leads. And they're still we still deal with the same sort of call reluctance and things like that. People are like, oh, well, the person said they're not interested. I'm like, well, interested in what? Like they just filled out 14 pieces of information online. You don't think they're interested in buying a house? Um, you know what I mean? It's like they, again, yeah. it just comes down to like it could be the wrong timing, things like that. But one of my favorite books is Fanatical Prospect. And he always talks about like, oh, yeah. just make that make that last stop, make that one more one dial. And that, more call. That, that, that one last call always ends up, uh, you know, not always, but, you know, a lot of times ends up being the call that ends up being the the, the, the one that you get the sale or whatever it is. Uh, the other thing I wanted to kind of talk about, too, is you, you almost have this mindset of, actions are more important than than results right and i think that leading versus lagging indicators is a super important uh mindset uh, or, or or the thing to think about is like what are the actions that you need to take daily to get the results you want versus saying what are the results that i need because you focus on the results those aren't really controllable right you can't yeah. say hey every single time i call i'm going to get an appointment because that's just not true one day you might get 10 appointments the next day you might get zero um the one day you might talk to 100 people the next day you might talk to 10 um, because you know, it's just for whatever reason, no one wants to talk or, you know, no one picks exactly. up the phone that day. So there's, or my favorite, an, like people always stop making calls, like right around the holidays or whatever. It's like, that's when I have some of the most successful call blocks. And I still make cold calls today because I nice. am weird and I enjoy it. <laughs> that's, um, yeah, you are, I do you a LinkedIn live are. show every week where we make live cold calls and, uh, and it's fun. Awesome. You know, and, and, and the thing is, is people need to go into it with the right mindset. And also you got to count the small wins, like me calling you Luke. And then you telling me that you're not interested for a good reason. Like, let's say I'm calling you and 
you you know about buying a house and you're like oh you know i actually already bought a house well okay then you're not good then that's a good reason to not be right. interested versus right, right. you telling me not interested cuz i interrupted your day and you were busy right. so that's a win like great i don't have to call luke back again now i know right. i have right a smaller list to work with now. So refining your list is a win, or maybe I don't book a meeting, but we have, you know, a five minute conversation and I learned three to five things that I didn't know before. And I take some good notes and now I can reach back out at a later date, you know, hopefully sooner than later, you know, a little bit more substance, you know, most people want to book a meeting or, or get things to the next steps on the first call. And it's like, it doesn't happen. Most of the time it's the steps after through sending an email or that call the next call. And so if you can, you know, refine your list, if you can learn something on the call, those are wins. Those are equally valuable than um, you know, us booking a meeting or going to the next steps of whatever your sales process looks like. Well, and, and that that just further emphasizes the point that you need to have some sort of a CRM somewhere that you can track your follow-ups, things like that. Because yeah, I mean, ultimately one of the most powerful things you could do is is remember something about the person that you talked to at some other date. Like maybe it wasn't right for them again, and just kind of going back to the loan. Like maybe someone wasn't ready, they needed to save down for down payment or whatever. But like in that conversation, you heard a dog in the background or, or something like that. So you could write down, oh, they have a dog. You can bring that up. Hey, y'all, you had the dog that was barking a lot in the, in the background last time. Or like bringing up stuff like that is just going to set you apart from every other salesperson that's that's cold calling. So if you think about this from the context of, you know, even trying to cold call real estate agents for, you know, coffee dates or whatever that looks like, it's like, okay, well, if you remember things about these people uh, and you come back to them in different ways with different sorts of value, you're going to be remembered at much beyond the person that's, uh, that's, that's, that's just cold calling and saying the same thing every single time. Or, you know, they call one time, the person's like, I'm not interested and boom, you know, they take them off their list. Right. It's like, yeah. Well, what are you not interested in? Are you not? A, do you not really truly believe you're the best loan officer out there that can serve this real estate agent at a much higher level than whoever they're working with right now? And if you don't believe that in your own service, then maybe you need to, you know, work on your service or work on your mindset around like. Because I mean, I think you know, as or as get in a new officers, business. Get in a new right. business. I'm just going to say you have it. to believe. You have to believe in yourself, right? At the end of the day, you yeah. have to believe that you are truly the best thing. And I think that 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 applies to. Working with real estate agents, it applies to working with consumers. It says, and I, and I just talked about this yesterday, but like it's our ethical obligation as salespeople to, if we believe that our service is is what's best for that consumer, then we really need to basically, you know, get them to to use our service. And so I think uh, I think too many times people uh, take a softer approach. Um, and I get it, like you know, uh, sales kind of has that bad uh, that bad rap or that bad word to it. But I think if you do it the right way with the right uh, intention in mind and do it ethically, uh, it, it can be very powerful and you can serve people at a higher level because you know ultimately people are scared uh, and they're allowing fear to guide their decision-making uh, versus an informed decision, right? And so I think uh, there's a lot that goes in there you know, from, from, you know, from a sales perspective. Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing you're saying there, right, is a lot of it has to do with confidence, right? And yep. like, in going back to what I said earlier as well, to kind of just uh, connect that is like how you say things, right? So right. you got to be confident without being overconfident, sounding like somebody who's over caffeinated, right? Right, right. Um, but confident enough in, 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 you know, you don't want to sound like I'm just gonna say it like a weasel on the phone. Like right, right. you know, you, you gotta be breath. confident. Like you need to sound confident in in your industry. You know, with your product, your service, um, why you're the best. I mean, because I don't know the you know loan officer business that well, but for the most part, 
I mean, I don't know how unique one loan officer versus another really is. Like it's you, the person, that's what's yes. unique. Like the products the are all very similar. Maybe some right. have different products or access to more products or I don't know, like it's a pretty regulated industry. Right. Um, so like the, the person on the other side of the phone is buying from you, the person, the seller, the yeah. loan officer, not from, right. not because you've got, you know, your product, they can get that product anywhere. Just about. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's with it, with a little bit of variation here and there, but like as a consumer, they don't really, they don't, they don't really know that they don't really have the, the expertise or knowledge in order to really determine that. Um, so really it comes down to, yeah, I mean, they, they are buying you and your confidence and your ability to show them why you think you're going to be the best for them in this scenario, because you, you have stood up in that expert frame and things like that. So, man, I love it. I love, uh, I love having those conversations. I, again, I think sometimes so many people are just like so scared to, to ask for business, uh, so scared to, to kind of stand in that power and just, and just do it. And even myself, it's been, you know, it used to be where, uh, you know, so I'd get through a great, I'd have a great pitch. And then like, I wouldn't actually ask for the business at the end. And I think so many times salespeople do that. They forget to ask for the business, um, yeah. which I think is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they want people to just, give them the business without asking for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Let's, let's, let's sort of circle into some of the other things that uh, I know we were talking about a little bit earlier, um, you know, starting a podcast, doing these other things. What are some other uh, ways that, you know, maybe someone that's a little bit more advanced that has kind of, you know, gotten to the point where they can maybe spend a little bit more money on uh, some of these other things, some other marketing things. What, what would you say is kind of a good thing for a loan officer, you know, really any, any business owner to, um, you know, to go out there and do to, to generate more business? Invest in your personal brand, right? Like your personal brand is more important if you've gotten started and maybe, you know, you're not seeing a lot of success. Don't be discouraged. Like just keep investing in it. And when I say invest, like, I think that's mostly your time, maybe a little bit of your money, but mostly your time, like consistency is key with building your brand. And also I I actually don't even like say building your brand because it's not something you build. Like your brand is who you are. You just need to be, you know, more um, transparent and like share, you know, stuff on social media and it should be whatever platforms your ideal clients or partners are hanging out on. And whatever that platform is, be consistent. And, you know, you want to share, you want to have a mix of things of, you know, maybe problems you've solved for clients and, you know, in a good mix of just you personally, right? Because people are buying from you. They want to connect with people. They're not buying from your company. They don't care about your products or your service. You know, they, they want to work with people that they feel they can, you know, trust and that are going to do right by them. And you don't even have to be the best price. Like people pretty much don't, buy these types of things because you're the best price. Like they buy things from people typically somewhere in the middle, like, you know, unless they're looking for a premium service, you know, with whatever particular reason, people are buying things less often on price and more with, you know, who they think and who they trust is going to do uh, the best job for them. Yeah. And so- And so the the idea there with your personal brand is like, they're going to know- you through content and through social media before that first interaction, if they're following you, they're going to already maybe like you, they're going to you know maybe have a little bit of trust established. And then if you get on a phone call for the first time, or you get on a zoom call with them for the first time and you, they're, you know, experiencing what they've seen online, 
it's like it accelerates the trust funnel significantly. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's huge. I think uh, that's a super important topic to hit on. Is um, you know, it's this kind of the buzzword of authenticity, right? Be authentic. Um, and and you know, it kind of gets thrown around a lot, and so it's kind of lost its value over the years. But uh, the truth is, like that is really the, the the best way to sort of build your brand, build your business, is to be authentically who you are. And I think people will try to manufacture that, and I don't think that's mm-hmm. a sustainable model, right? So it's like actually be yourself online. Like just be yourself. Talk about your family. Talk about your business a little bit. Like tend to. 30% of the time you want to talk about your business because the truth is no one wants to see the business posts. And so what happens is if you always post the business posts, you're actually going to get pushed down in the algorithm because you know Facebook and Instagram and all these other platforms want engagement. So the less, the less engaging content you post, the less your content is going to be seen. And so uh, one from just a one from a psychological standpoint is yeah obviously talk about your family because people want to do business with people that are like them but also from a tactical or a uh, algorithm uh, standpoint make sure that you're uh, using what people are going to engage with as your content that you sort of build around and then from there you know sprinkle in your business because you do need to talk about your business a little bit so t- talk a little bit about that man what is what are your kind of your thoughts on on that like wh- what do you you know, are there any pillars that you talk about? Is there anything that you kind of have as like a standardized practice for yeah. these platforms? I mean, try to use stories, right? So like, Love it. you know, use a story making your customer the hero, not you. So through, you know, and, and once you start to get like more consistent and active on social and, you know, you should, and, and I don't mean just like using some stock garbage off Canva and posting that right. on IG and like thinking that like, I'm talking about like doing videos, like, writing, you know, original posts, you know, through mm-hmm. written form, maybe having a podcast or maybe guesting on podcasts, whatever. That's a, I mean, podcasting mm-hmm. makes like having content so easy, which is, and it solves so many other things, which is why I love it so much, but not everybody's willing to just jump into that. Right. So, but let's, um, we could talk about that. I, I think, I think podcasting is, is huge. And it's one thing that I've done as well. I think it's gotten, it's elevated me and been able to get a lot of like good uh, people that I'd never probably would have, you know, been in the same room with, or at least would have taken a lot more to get in the same room with. Right. And I think it is huge. And, and like you mentioned, I think there's a, a opportunity to use that as content, but like, how would you leverage a, a podcast to, to, I guess, help with content? Oh man, don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> this is another rabbit I mean, hole, huh? I mean, it, it just, it's just, it's one of the reasons I love podcasting so much because, uh, and some people, when they think, when you say podcasting, they think like audio only. And it's like, right, right. you can do so much with even just a 20 minute podcast interview. Like, okay, yes, you're going to distribute it to the podcast platforms. And there's technology today to make this extremely easy. You've got video now. You can go long right. form on YouTube. You can go, you know, you can do tons of short clips on for social, for TikTok, Instagram, Reels. LinkedIn, whatever you, whatever pop, whatever platforms you know the people you need to build relationships with or hanging out on, that's where you should be posting content. Then you can also you know create images and quote cards. You can um, repurpose the episode as a blog on your website. Like, um, I mean, there's so much you can do um, through one. Like, just doing a weekly show, you could have enough content mm-hmm. to post every single day. But then you probably still want to have just your occasional, like not high produced content where it's like literally just you on your phone, video, you know, maybe talking about the market, talking about, you know, some updates, talking about, you know, showcasing, like you said, talking about your business, right? So not like, hey, 
I'm the best loan officer, like call me here, but like right, right. more like, Hey, you know, educational stuff that ties back to what it is that you do providing value is, and then because then you're going to position yourself as an expert in what it is that you do. Yep. And then when people are ready to reach out, you're going to be the familiar face that they want to reach out to. And I think it's huge that you talk about video and I, and I all, uh, people have been talking about that for years, but the, the truth is people resist video so much. And so I do think that something like a podcast, especially if you're interviewing someone like a realtor or one of your ideal uh, you know, partners or whatever, one of your ideal referral partners is like, it's not as you don't have to have anything super produced. You can just ask questions and you can, you know, kind of have a, a back and forth this way, which makes it a lot easier to have, you know, some natural content and then allows you to sort of flow into, um, into what you're thinking. And I think that's what people like hesitate with video is what do I say? How do I say it? When do I do it? How, how polished does it have to be? And ultimately like we all have smartphones. I mean, for the most part, and smartphones are, are, you know, nicer than, than, you know, my ca- a camera that I got gifted for Christmas, like five years ago. It's like, you know, my smartphone is now way, way better than, than just about any phone or camera that you can get. So uh, it's, it's interesting how people resist it so much, but the truth is, you know, there's not a ton, uh, there's not a ton that you need to put out good video content. Right. I mean, and, and there's a lot of cheap ways that you can even edit the content. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to get super fancy. Like, I mean, you could hire a company like us, you know, not everybody's a good fit for us, but, um, like you can, uh, you can record it on zoom. Zoom's like good enough. You could use something like StreamYard to really streamline the process a little bit. All of our clients, people in our community. So we have a community of over 450 podcasters. Most of them are using Riverside so they can get higher quality video and audio. Um, but Love what it. you recorded on doesn't matter a ton. Um, it's more just doing the activity and like getting right. started. Right. And here's the reality. Like most people don't get started because they're scared that they're going to suck at it. And the reality is, I'm going to tell you, you are going to suck at it, but that's okay. Yep. Um, you will get better over time. I mean, I think now at this point, I've probably interviewed 350 people. I sucked at it like really bad at first. You know, like my wife had to tell me like, you are a horrible listener. I mean, I don't know if those were her exact words, but <laughs> and I, I thought we had a bigger problem, uh, but she meant on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That's funny, man. That's, that's, that's funny. And I, and I can see that because, you know, sometimes, you know, for people that are, that are like us is uh, we forget to listen. Sometimes we like, we have so many great ideas and things like that, you know, salespeople, yeah, you gotta slow the mind down, you know? And, and, and it wasn't that I wasn't wanting to be, it wasn't that I didn't want to listen to people. Like I was so in my head about the next question that I wanted right. to ask that I was missing things that were like important, or I could have went deeper on, or could have right. been a better question than the one that I asked that I had in my head. So I wasn't listening. And so like right. that feedback was so valuable early on. So bottom line, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, get over yourself. You're going to suck at it at first, and that's totally okay. You will get better over time. Um, mm-hmm. But the other thing that I love about it, other than it just becoming this content machine, is that you acquire so many skills as a great podcaster that are transferable over to being a great seller. Um, and so constantly flexing that curiosity muscle and learning how to be a good listener and ask good questions and listen more than you speak are all skills that will make you an elite seller. 
Yeah, I love that. And I think there's, uh, I think so many times, again, I mean, we, we get excited as salespeople and you start to pitch. I got this great product. I got this great thing. And it was interesting that, you know, one of our early podcasts, uh, there was one guy that got on and he said he had this real estate agent. And I tell a story all the time, but he had this real estate agent that came on and she's like, oh yeah, I've been hearing so many great things about you, yada, yada, yada. And so he's like, oh yeah, we can do this. We can do that. We can close in 14 days. We can do that. And, and the lady's like, oh man, that sounds stressful. I don't want to close in 14 days. I just want to know that you, that you, you, you can close on time. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. you know, that was, that, that really illustrates the power of listening. And, and the other thing too, is you are going to suck at video. That's the truth. I, I look back at, um, at one of my videos from when I first, when I was actually still trying to moonlight as a loan officer, when I, when I first had gotten laid off, uh, and I looked at my, and I was like, hi, my name is Luke. And I was like, so meek and so quiet and like, so unconfident. And like, but just to kind of like see the, the, the amount, I mean, I've done a ton of video content over the last few years. Uh, and I feel like I do. All right. I still think I have a lot to learn, but, uh, you know, it, it the truth is you are going to suck. But at first, the other, the other reality too, is at first you're probably not going to get that many people to see the video anyway. Right. Like, especially you're putting on social media and stuff like that. You're just starting out. Like, I mean, how many people do you have on there? Okay. Well, whatever grandma and your mom and a couple other people saw it. Who cares? Just keep doing it. And you're going to get better and better and better. And as you get more and more engagement, okay, cool. Now you have better videos because you've just done the work. So yeah, I think there's huge started. And again, like you're human, you know what I mean? So like, just if you think like, have fun with it. Like, Hey, this is my first video. Um, still trying to learn this thing, get it figured out. And then like go into your video, like just be real, show up how you are. And like, there's a lot of people that will just appreciate even seeing like from your first video to your 10th or your first episode to your 10th and just being like, wow, like, you know, and them getting to experience that is a bit of a journey for them too, which is going to build more connection. Yeah, love that. So, uh, just to kind of wrap things up, is there one thing or, or one strategy or tactic that you would tell a loan officer to go out there today, or just really anybody to go out there to do to go out and get more business today? Um, one thing is tough. I mean, just I get into action. Whatever thing it is that you've been like wanting to do, or keep saying I should do, or what whatever it is, just do it. Like, love it. don't be scared. Get into action whatever it is, if it's a podcast, if it's cold calling, if it's hiring people to cold call for it, like whatever it is, like just get into action and do it. And you can improve. Like you're never going to come up with the perfect plan. Like the perfect plan is the plan that's not perfect. And is just constantly iterating based on feedback that you're getting in real time. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome, man. I, I think that's a huge, huge point to kind of end on is, you know, take action you know, everybody knows that, but I think a lot of times we resist the things that are, are, you know, the things that are changed, things like that. So yeah, if there is something you've been thinking about, go ahead and do it. I, I think, you know, what, what can, what can happen? What's the worst that can happen? Like, like Colin mentioned earlier, what's the worst that can happen? Someone hangs up on you, you know, someone says something weird about your videos. I don't know who cares. Right. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, we don't run an emergency room and no one's going to die uh, with what we're doing. So it's super important. So uh, Colin, uh, as far as if someone wants to kind of check you out, find some information about you online, check out any of your programs, your podcast, where can people find you? Yeah, it's very simple best thing to do, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on right now, you can search out sales transformation. We drop five episodes a week. Um, We bring on top sellers. We drop a couple uh, short solo episodes a week as well um, to help fuel your own sales transformation. So we're on all the podcast platforms or you can go to salestransformation.fm. That's the best place to just get started and you can find out everything else from there. 
Awesome. Thank you so much, Colin, for being here, man. It was, uh, it was a pleasure. This was a great conversation. And I know we talked a little about, about cold calling, which is a little different than what we typically talk <laughs> about, but we got into podcasting and things like that as well. So I yeah. think uh, it's super valuable. Like I said, I mean, for the, for people that are newer that are listening to this, part of it is just taking action. I think when I first got started with my business, I started messing with my logo and my website and all this crap that like didn't bring me business. And I think so many times people uh, what to do what I like to call hope marketing, which is like, hey, I'm a great person and I have this great thing, but I'm just going to hope that people come to me, right? And that just doesn't <laughs> work. So, you know, go out there, take action and uh, get to work and, and you're going to see results. So thank you so much, Colin. And for everybody who's listening, have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. The Loans on Demand Podcast.